Take care. Execute Order 66. <laughs> we are nerds. Welcome to Beers and Buckets, the podcast for degenerates like us who love basketball and drinking beer. Part of the Basketball Podcast Network, where you can get the latest on your favorite teams and what's happening around the NBA and NCAA. So, Dal, what happened with the NBA last night? Um, so, you know how many people have scored 70 points in a game? In this, I know in this century, it's been now three. Do you know who those people are? I know Book and I know Kobe. Yeah. Who's the other and one? Well, everyone has that like 87 times because yeah. going through the single game uh, like records for scoring is just Wilt Chamberlain with a bunch of other like random names sprinkled in. Uh, but we can now add Donovan Mitchell to that list. Yes, he we scored can. 71 in an overtime game. Uh, I FaceTimed Connor last night because we were watching the game and the Bulls let this man walk into a pull-up three did not pressure him at all. Was not a deep three. wasn't wasn't like heat check kind of stuff. Just like <laughs> casually waltzed into a three. What are we doing? Uh, they probably just thought he he had to run out of them sometimes. So. <laughs> yeah, just might as well run out of them in overtime, right? It's hilarious because the one person that should like absolutely know about someone just getting super hot from three is Zach Levine, and Zach Levine was the one guarding him. Like, who yeah. was it? Zach Levine has like hit like fourteen threes in a game a couple years ago in Charlotte, and I was at the game, and he was just like stupid unconscious, and I was like, "How did you not like that? That was you then. Why are we doing this?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, other news happened last night. Prayers up for Demar Hamlin. You guys know, I'm sure if you follow sports, you heard about this. Just a scary situation, but seems like he's doing better. So. The fact that he's alive is insane, and we're happy for him. So just keep keep pressing, keep uh, keep getting better. Yeah. So won't spend too much time on that. General recap of college basketball for the last two weeks. So a lot of upsets. Uh, what's your favorite thing that happened in college basketball the last couple of weeks, Dal? Um, I think my favorite thing is that Houston has taken over UConn for the top uh, seed in Kempom. They lost it for, like, a little stretch between, like, the 10th and 20th. Yeah, when they lost to Alabama. Yeah, but they're back. Uh, they're back to number one. It, looking at their Kempon page is incredible, other than the fact that they're, like, insanely slow and, like, play super slow. the Their defense is just crazy. Second effective field goal percentage. Yeah. First and block rate. Jairus Walker is super great. Um, he's not the best player, so I don't know why I mentioned him first, but Marcus Sasser um, has been has been unreal. So I think that's kind of probably one of my one of my favorites, just kind of off the top of my head. But there's a ton. Wake looks really good and like has been getting a bunch of buzz from national people, which is fun. Kentucky won a game. Um, <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about Kentucky a little bit too, but. Yeah, I mean, like, has there ever been – I feel like this is the most wide open the top of college basketball has been in a long time. I feel like there's – on any given night, one of these top 20 teams can lose. And, like, they could lose by double digits too. Like, it's not even – like, you know, we saw Tennessee get blown out earlier in the season. Um, you know, so, like, it's not even like it's a – they got blown up by Colorado in the third game of the season. Like Tennessee is now a top three team. Uh, UConn lost to lost by ten to Xavier. You know, like it's just so wide open. Uh, and even Houston, like they struggle with UCF at home. And we're gonna go be at you know in UC at in Orlando to watch the rematch. And I very much think UCF can pull that upset off at home against Houston. So, I mean, it's just, it's insane how wide open basketball is this year. So that gives me hope for a struggling Kentucky team. Cause it looks like everybody's struggling. Um, but overall, like it's just been, it's a fun, fun year for college basketball. And, you know, like looking at the top, uh, the top 25, you know, on Ken Palm, it's just kind of gross. Cause it's like 14, 14, 11, 13, 12. And then you see Kentucky with nine and then Duke with 11, 10, 12, you know, like it's just kind of, weird with the uh with the wins there but overall 
uh, should be a fun year for college basketball fans and sickos like us. So, um, sure. yeah, we'll have, we'll have fun with it. But let's do some personal catch-up. It's been a couple weeks, so I'm sure our listeners are dying to hear what happened in our personal lives. Uh, but, yeah, what did you travel? Did you do anything for the holidays, Dal? Um, went down to Western Kentucky for a little bit. Hang out with some, some family. Um, got it worked out with one of my friends in Lexington who just took a job in Louisville. And I'm actually going to be moving into his apartment subleasing nice. so i will be moving from Danville to lexington which means i'll get to like hang out with people more uh make it easier to go to a couple games hopefully too um yeah um i mean obviously christmas happened got to see some family i think it was a pretty low-key christmas though overall um yeah time. so what about you yeah, I mean, we went camping uh, in North Florida, so it was like the coldest week of the year, and we decided to go tent camping. So that was kind of fun. And Questionable decision on your part. Yeah, uh, but it was fun overall. Just the only thing is, like, I guess my skin was too dry, and when that happens, like, I get really itchy when it's cold. So I thought, I'd, like, there was bugs. I was like, it's way too cold for bugs, and it turns out I just need to get warmer. So uh, that was uh, interesting. Um, we went to Orlando, visit family before Christmas, like the couple days before Christmas, got to go to Epcot. That was fun. And Magic Kingdom too. So, you know, all around good times there. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, spent, spent the week after Christmas installing my wife's Christmas gift, which was soft closing drawers for the kitchen. Uh, that was one of the gifts I got her, but, um, she really wanted that and it pissed me off because that it's a retrofitted thing. You know, you usually put them in new kitchens, not, you know, like older kitchens or older yeah. cabinets. So I had to, had spent like three days doing a thing. I thought I was going to take like a few hours doing <laughs> I was not happy you about just that. Just earplugs. <laughs> yeah, I should have honestly. <laughs> um, but yeah, overall it was, it was fun. And then, uh, so yeah, let's do this recap here. Favorite gift you received for Christmas this year. Um, I got a weighted blanket from my aunt i need to actually send it back because she got me like a twin the twin size and mm. i wanted the queen size uh but pretty excited about that it's one of those things like i have wanted one for a while but never wanted to spend the money on it like on my own and so that was fun yeah. um what about you favorite gift i probably use the most now has been the blackstone that's been pretty awesome made Bomb fajitas on it last night, quesadillas, Cubans, you name it, I've made it. It's been fun. Uh, but one of the coolest gifts I got was my wife got this pennant made for us. Let's so go. I'm hang it in the office soon. And uh, she also got me a beer brewing kit, so I'm excited to try that. Uh, and we'll give it a try in the pod. And so that way none of you guys could ever taste it because it's just like <laughs> two beers. <laughs> but uh, overall, I think it's pretty cool. Favorite gift you gave to somebody? Ooh. Um, <clears throat> my little sister uh, the other day said that, or the other day, like a month, mm -hmm. months ago, said that she wanted to start being a hat girl and wear a bunch of hats. So I uh, got her like a random assortment of cool hats one of them is like this little funky puma hat that i'm very excited about but i think that was one of my favorites because there i really like the gifts where you like hear someone mention something once like forever ago and yep. it. so that i also got some board games for my mom uh that we get to play i get too competitive and she gets like mad at me whenever i get too competitive so i got her yeah. a couple co-op games where we all like are playing together to try and yeah win. yeah so that she fun. can't so that she can't get mad at me for um, getting too competitive. So yeah, those are probably the the two about you. Yeah, those are fun. I like those where it's like your co-op. You're actually trying to you know work together to win. Yeah, one one is a Fast and Furious like heist thing. <laughs> I know. It looks really cool. One of my friends recommended it to me. Nice. Uh, I'm excited to play it. Nice. Uh, favorite gift I gave. My, it wasn't like one that I specifically gave. It was from my mom, but I helped um, give it to him. It was my dad and his cornhole boards that were uh, like handmade in Kentucky. Yeah, those are they're really cool. Um, but also, I got I got my wife a national parks cookbook. Ooh. She loves national parks, and they were all like this cookbook at Books a Million was like uh, was recipes either inspired by or recipes from like the restaurants within the national park itself. So uh, we already made like an elk horn or elk chili 
which was pretty cool uh, from the Rocky Mountain National Park. So it was really good. So, yeah, I mean, overall, it was uh, good times, good times there. So uh, I didn't try like any new beers over the break except for the Miller 64s because we had a New Year's Eve party. And I was like, I don't want to get too drunk because I have to be at church on Sunday morning. So I just want to you know, get a light buzz and the 64s, I didn't even get a buzz with them because it's 2.8%. But yeah. you know, like it's one of those perfect for parties to keep a drink in your hand. So Miller 64s, that's what I tried. Check it out. Crushability is like off the charts. Yeah. It literally breaks the crushability. <laughs> it does. It does. Super sure. crushable. <laughs> I'm trying to think. I think I had a couple beers at a, at a bar in Western Kentucky, but I can't remember what their names were. Um, Dry Ground is a brewery in Paducah, though, and it's pretty solid. They have a bunch of stuff. They also are right next to a Mellow Mushroom, so you can order. Oh, yeah. Into the Dude. I highly recommend that. The Mellow Mushroom pizza is so good. Like, yes. And there for a while, my wife was um, was lactose intolerant, so they had like the, the fake cheese or whatever there. And so we'd, we'd get one with uh, half of her cheese on it and half of my cheese on it. And it was, oh, man, those were – I miss going to Mellow Mushroom. We have them here. She's so expensive, but, yeah. What do you what do you mean she was lactose intolerant for a little bit? She's not actually lactose intolerant. She's allergic to dairy, but, you know, like sometimes she just, like, it doesn't flare up. Sometimes it does. So okay. now at this point she just doesn't care. And if she if it flares up, it flares up. But there for a while she was trying to not eat dairy or any consume any dairy. Uh, so yeah, um, it was interesting. interesting. Yeah. Overall, but all right, well, let's move on. We, we're not going to actually do the last week recap because we missed a couple weeks and we would be here for hours if we did a recap of, you know, I told you so's and humble the, pies and all that stuff. The what happened games. We would be here. Like, oh my God. We'd be here for forever for yeah. the what happened games. So yeah, we're going to move on and talk about current stuff. And then next week we'll get back to our normal routine of getting back to recapping what happened this past week, which I'm sure we will because there's a lot of good games on this week. So let's yes. move on to the next segment. All right, it's time for Shark Tank upsets where each of us pitches an upset and the other has to, or they can choose to either be totally out. They can buy a pint, a case, a mini keg, pony keg, whatever you want to call it, or a regular keg. Um, or buy the whole brewery if you wanted to. Um, so yeah, let, that's it. We'll add it. We'll add add the brewery here. So uh, we'll they'll just take production over it. We'll just take over that whole pick. So, um, Dow, what are you pitching today? Come in your trap, take over your trap. Um, all right, hello sharks. I have a rare road upset for you today. We have actually here. I'll start. With, I'll start this pitch with a question. What is the most overrated team in the ACC? UNC. Good old North Carolina. Yep. I was going to say, I was going to hoping you wouldn't say Louisville, but then I realized that they're not overrated. They're just bad. <laughs> so <They're> just bad. <laughs> UNC is the correct answer there. Well, we have this little upstart team that has a couple transfers they brought in, and they uh, are going on the road to the Dean Dome. Uh, it's a little-known school named Wake Forest. I don't know if you've ever heard of them. Uh, no. I don't think we've talked about them on the pod at all. Uh, but they love to shoot three-pointers and do a very good job of scoring from three. They have one of the most like high-volume, high-accuracy three-point shooters in Demar Monsanto. They have Tyree Appleby, who honestly might be the transfer of the year in the ACC so far. Um, he is a guard that gives... Uh, R.J. Davis and Caleb Love fits. He's super quick, great passer, great scorer. Um, Wake also is able to bang down low with Amanda Bacot. Um, Matthew Marsh is, I think, second in the country in effective field goal percentage, uh, which is pretty crazy. It's mostly all just dunks, which is why. But he has been super effective, and they actually kind of have the size to be able to, to offset Amanda Bacot. Um, and UNC... Not only can Wake hit threes, and UNC does not do a good job of defending them, but UNC also just does not hit threes. And they try and beat you by scoring uh, from the free throw line and from within the uh, three-point line. So all of those kind of put together makes me think that Wake is uh, actually being like pretty significantly undervalued by Kim Palm. And I think they go into the Dean Dome and get a win. 
Thoughts? Uh, I like the fact that UNC doesn't force turnovers on defense, like at all. They're 324th in the nation. Um, I like that. I like that Wake Forest does a pretty good job of taking care of the ball in that regards. Um, they, I mean, they get the ball stolen from them a lot, but it doesn't matter if UNC's not forcing any turnovers. Right. So, like, that cancels out there for Wake and in, in, in their favor. Um, and, yeah, like, UNC's really bad at hitting three-point shots. Uh, I think I'm going to buy a case on this. Okay. I like it. I could definitely see North Carolina getting a home whistle being in the Dean Center, so that doesn't help. Um, and I could definitely just see just just in general some home home game shenanigans going on there. So, um, so I don't love that for Wake, but I, I do think that they need a, a quality road win. This is a this is the opportunity to get it. And and UNC's reeling; they've been reeling for a month and a half now. So, um, I like yeah, I like that for them. The fact that Pitt beat them helps them, so helps Wake here, I think. Um, yeah, I like it, so I'll buy a case on it. Let's go. The home whistle is the only thing that really makes me worried. Is If yeah. they just shoot, like, 35 free, like, free throws, then it's not going to really matter. But other than that, yeah. Wake has the depth to be able to kind of play with, with them, even if they do get in foul trouble, which is nice. Yeah, yeah. All right, Sharks. Pittsburgh over Virginia. It's a home game for Pittsburgh. Pitt doesn't force a lot of turnovers, but they're really good at limiting offensive rebounds. And Virginia is not good at getting offensive rebounds anyways. So it really comes down to Pitt being able to limit three points, which they can do. They're a top 20 team at limiting three pointers. And so if they just make Virginia miss, you know, a a three pointer here or there and, Virginia is not getting those offensive rebounds. Where's the buckets coming from for Virginia? Um, so it's limiting three pointers, limiting Virginia putbacks. I like their chances for Pitt here. They're fired up after a win against uh, against North Carolina there. And offensively, I think Pitt is fine. They're not like great, but they're fine. And it's a defense that really needs to step up. So this is tonight. Um, what do, what are your thoughts on this? Because like. I'm not still 100% sold on this, but I wanted to pitch it because it's just one that stuck out to me, and I almost put it in throwdown games just because I think it's going to be a good game. Uh, Ken Palm is saying that it's going to be a or Ken Palm's going to saying it's going to be a loss for Pitt, which is why it matches up with an actual upset here. Uh, but you know, Virginia's 11th, Pittsburgh 66, and Ken Palm. Just let me know your thoughts. What do you think? Yeah, um, this is an interesting one. I feel like that Virginia is always kind of an interesting uh, case study for looking at these games because they're they just play such a unique style of basketball. Um, Virginia gets to the free throw line a lot, and Pitt is kind of average at keeping people off the line. Um, but it is a home game for Pitt, so keep that. Ooh, in that, that that does help. Um, let's go. Let's. I'll buy, I'll buy a sick pack on this. Um, I was kind of surprised that Pitt is 66th in Ken Palm. Uh, wasn't, wasn't really expecting that. Um, one thing that really worries me about the Pitt offense is they get blocked a lot. And yeah. his defense is both just good in general, but also very good at getting blocked. So uh, finishing at the rim might be a little bit different. But if Pitt can get, get hot and stay hot, um, especially with – uh, Jamarius Burton and Blake Henson. I think that they have a very good shot at, at getting this win. The the cherry on top for this pitch for you is that Pitt has is 163rd and two foul participation part two foul participation, where Virginia is last dead last 362nd. Okay, I'll buy a case then. You convinced me. I'm upping my I'm upping my investment. Oh man, yeah, they're gonna need it though because like. The fact that Virginia doesn't play anybody with two fouls is sad, um, especially on the road. They're going to get, you know, that home whistle is going to be cooking for Pitt. So, you know, they're going to need the two foul particip- participation and they're not going to be able to have that. So, let me see yeah. if anyone on Pitt is like super, super good at getting fouled. Um, 
Yeah, Blake Henson, 166 and thousand drawn for 40 minutes. That's pretty solid. Yeah. Yeah, him and Jamarius Burton been a, a good combo there. So I like I like their odds in the in this matchup here. But it was just hard to hard to pitch because there's not a whole lot of hard facts. Like I really had to uh, reach to push this agenda, but I still think it happens. It's no, I happen. like it. I mean, in Virginia, we've seen Virginia be kind of susceptible to one or two one or two games every year um, where they they kind of fall fall a little flat. Um, yeah. They have Syracuse on Saturday. I almost wish that that game would be a little bit bigger, so that they might be like looking ahead to yeah to a game. But no, I'll buy I'll buy a I'll buy a case. Sounds good. All right, well let's move on then. NBA fans, the NBA action is just getting started, and so are the incredible offers at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can make any $5 NBA pregame money line bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Check this out. Right now, everyone can earn up to 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, place the same-game parlay, and combine multiple bets like which team will win, total rebounds, total points scored, and more. With payouts bigger than ever, DraftKings Sportsbook is where I go to bet on the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Make any $5 bet this week and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, it's time for the beer review where we pick a beer, drink drink it, compare it to college basketball, tell you all the details about it, see if we like it or not. So... What do you have today, Dal? All right. So uh, there's a brewery in Charlotte called Noda. Uh, stands for north of Davidson. It's a little, like, just like a little area north of downtown Charlotte. And they have their main beer is the Hop, Drop, and Roll. It's their uh, IPA. Um, and they have a special mango version. Mm. Oh, I realized it's the same on both sides. Uh, <laughs> special mango version. Uh, that I'm trying, 7.2% ABV, which is a little uh, strong. Also, 81 IBU. Um, so, I've had the original one, but I haven't had this one yet. It has a 3.8 on untapped. Ooh. It's still, like, it's one of those beers that, like, I think even if I had it without, like, knowing that it was a hot drop and roll, I would recognize it, like, the... Taste is very distinct. Um, this one just has like a little bit of like sweetness, like a little bit of not really citrus, but mango-y taste. Uh, mm. It's really good though. Not crushable, but very sippable. Yeah, pretty solid. Nice. So my my beer is based off a show. Okay. That was originally supposed to be set in California, was originally supposed to star Matthew Broderick, and was passed up by networks like FX and HBO. Can you guess the show? So it's not HBO and it's not FX? It's not HBO, not FX. It was originally supposed to be set in California, but they changed the filming location. And change the actual like the, the location in within the show itself too. So that means it's probably like it's probably somewhere deserty. It's probably a pretty good show considering HBO passed it up. It was supposed to be on HBO. Um, Breaking Bad? Correct. I was going to say Better Call Saul, but then I realized that Better Call Saul would never have been like an HBO show because this before, so. Yeah. Steam Theory Brewing in Dallas, Texas. Vamanos Hermanos. It's a Mexican-style lager. It's 5.3%, 19 IBUs. This is the pint. Um, Haven't tried it. Don't know what it tastes like. 
instantly sold at Total Wine on the can. I was like, I'm doing this on the pod. I love Breaking Bad. But yeah. Great also, show. the fact that Breaking Bad was supposed to originally star Matthew Broderick, that show would have been canceled season one. Yeah, like that would have been a terrible show. <laughs> yeah, Broderick would have been a strange choice uh, for The Wall. Pretty good. Um, I mean, it's just like a regular, like, like another Mexican style lager, but um, like I like it more than the Shiner lager that I did, Tex Mex lager that I've tried before. So the name translates to Let's Go Brothers. Sweet corn, floral hop aroma with a light malt sweetness and a light hop bitterness to make this a refreshing beverage. So, yeah, pretty good. Um, definitely not super crushable, but more crushable than like an IPA is. So, you know, there's that. Um, this would be better on tap. 100% can taste that it would be better on tap, but still, still pretty good. So definitely check it out, especially with a total wine. Apparently, they don't even brew this anymore so it's no longer being produced by the brewery so um there's limited so if you can go find it go find it but yeah that's that's the beer view um i was gonna say do you have a do you have a a comparison yeah i'm trying to think i mean new mexico state aggies every once in a while they're pretty good Pretty good, I guess. <laughs> the fact that's such, Mexico. A, such a great <laughs> comparison. <laughs> They're sometimes pretty good. Sometimes pretty good. I mean, this is how I feel about this beer. It's pretty good every once in a while. I feel like not something I really crave. Uh, same with New Mexico State basketball. So there you go. Have to I mean, stick I with New Mexico. To, I feel like you have to be in a, a school in New Mexico. So it'd either be like UNL or it'd be like New Mexico, New Mexico State. I feel like those are pretty much the only two. Yeah, and New Mexico is undefeated right now. The Lobos are undefeated. So I wouldn't say this beer is undefeated, but yeah, so that's how I feel about it. So it's, it's pretty, <laughs> pretty average, pretty mid, as the as the youngins are saying. So pretty mid. All right, let's move on. All right, it's time for Throwdown Games. Last week's results, or last time we recorded, which was a few weeks ago, Dal had six, I had eight. So on the season, we're locked with two apiece, two weeks apiece. Um, so it should be fun overall. But yeah, let's move on. Dal's upset. But I called a couple of upset games that really went in my favor in that. So that helped. But yeah, all right, let's move on to this week's game. So tonight, Tuesday, January 3rd, at 9 p.m. in Lubbock, Texas, we have Kansas taking on Texas Tech. Ken Palm saying 70 to 68. What are you saying, Dal? Um, I think I'll go Kansas here. I think Grady Dick is uh is going to get hot. He's been really good, especially in the first first half for them. Um, and. Yeah, I don't know. I think this will be really close. This will be a super fun game. Love it. Always is a is a great environment. So it kind of pains me to do this, but <laughs> spoiler alert, I also know who you're picking. So I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll zig while you zag. Yeah, well, I'm going Texas Tech here because even though I'm not confident in this pick, like super confident, I like, the, I like Tech at home. Uh, they lost a close one on the road to TCU, so that was a learning experience for them on how to – maintain a lead and keep a lead and win it. Um, and Kansas barely beat OK State at home. So, like, anything can happen here. Um, so if Kansas is going to lose, it's not going to come with the home whistle. It's going to be on the road. I like I like the uh, the Red Raiders at home here. So um, I, would like it, I would like it on the record that I am cheering for Texas Tech, and I hope that I am. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. All right. So at 6.30 p.m. tonight, Marquette's taking on St. John's. Marquette is supposed to be winning, according to Ken Palm, 80 to 77. Uh, this has happened in New York, in Jamaica, and yeah, I'm going to go with Marquette here. They're hot right now. They beat an improved Villanova team last week, so I'm going to keep rolling with them because every time I pick them, I think they come through so far this year, so I'm going to keep picking them. Yeah, this game, I think I'm going to go Marquette here. Um, it is an interesting game because St. John's is the fastest team on offense in terms of possession length. And Marquette is 358th in the country in possession length. Uh, so they really grind out possessions on defense. So that'll be an interesting kind of matchup of styles. Yeah. 
All right, so uh, 9 p.m. on the Longhorn Network. Uh, Kansas State's taking on Texas. Ken Palm saying Texas is going to win 75-64. This is in the Moody Center. Uh, what do you think? If this was in Manhattan, I would go Kansas State, but I'm going to go Texas here. I'm going to go Kansas State. I think they're a stinky good team flying under the radar in the Big 12. And either way, it's going to be a fun matchup, whoever wins. So just keep tuning in. So, um, yeah, I'm going to go Kansas State, though. Um, 7 p.m., Mississippi State's taking on Tennessee in Thompson Bowling Arena or Knoxville, Tennessee. Uh, Ken Palm saying 63-51 with the Volunteers winning. I'm going Tennessee. It's a home game and a battle of defenses. Tennessee has the better offense here. So, Mississippi State offense, not that good. Um, so Tennessee's defense, really good. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think that Mississippi State has really been driven by Tolu Smith, and I think he is probably the best player on the court here, but I like the the rest of Tennessee's team and their kind of team defense to be able to take this one home. Yeah. Plus home game also I think matters. Yeah, it really does, especially in, in this where you need offense to win, obviously. Uh, but yeah. when there's two two really good defenses battling, it's going to come down to who has better offense. Tennessee does. So um, 8 p.m., LSU's taking on Kentucky in Lexington at Rep Arena. Ken Palm saying 74-63, Kentucky win. What do you? Th- or I'm, I'm going to go with Kentucky here. Kentucky doesn't have the worst offense in this matchup. Their being at home helps coming off a fun win over UofL this weekend. Uh, I think they're right in the ship. It's a new year. So, um, yeah, I'm going to go Kentucky here. What do you think? Yeah, I I think so. LSU also is really, really big on rebounding. And Oscar kind of negating their ability to offensive rebound uh, should be pretty big. So if Kentucky can win the, the rebounding uh, at the battle on the boards, I think they pull this one away. Yep. All right, Wednesday, January 4th. UConn is taking on Providence in Providence, Rhode Island at 8.30 p.m. Uh, UConn's supposed to win 74-68. What do you think? Um, despite being an away game, I'm going to go Connecticut here. I think they're, they're good, and they recently lost, which means they're kind of going to be back on the, on the prowl. They're going to bounce back from Xavier. Yeah, I'm actually going to go Providence here because we know how lucky this Providence team can be. And if it's going to be lucky, it's going to be at home. Um, so, Ed Cooley, you get the luck. And then they get a lot of offensive rebounds. It's a home game. The crowd will be rocking. Bryce Hopkins has been really good this year. So, uh, I like I like them to pull off an upset. So, yeah, I'm going to go the Friars. All right. Duke is taking on NC State at 7 p.m. in Raleigh, North Carolina. Duke is supposed to win 73-70, to 70, according to Ken Palm. What do you think? So I wish we had more clarity on like what the status of Drew Whitehead and Derek Lively and all of the, the kind of injuries that Duke has had, because that would make me feel more confident about it. Um, I'm going to go, I'll go NC state here. Um, and Smith can have a big game. It's at home. I like that a lot. Uh, we know Duke doesn't get a, a road whistle nearly as much. So, I'll go state. I'm going to go Duke here, but I think it's going to be closer than people think. Um, it's going to be coming down to the last couple possessions. And I think Duke has more talent, but NC State has the most talented player. Um, but I still like the sum of Duke's parts in this game. So, yeah, give me, give me, uh, give me the Blue Devils here. TCU is taking on Baylor at in Waco, Texas. Baylor's supposed to win 74-69. It's a 9 p.m. game. I'm going Baylor. They're coming off a rough loss. I like the Bears here in this one coming off a rough loss. They have better offense, and after being cold against their loss to Iowa State, I expect them to get hot again. It's going to get hot at home. So they're going to get hot in Waco. Give me the Bears. Yeah, I would love to be able to pick um, TCU here, but they have one guy shooting over 32% on the year from three. Um, That's Emmanuel Miller. Meanwhile, Baylor, Keontae George hasn't even really been overly great. I mean, he's still very good, obviously, but he's not, like, otherworldly. But we're shooting 50% from three. They have a couple of guys that are shooting. They would be the best shooters on – one of the best shooters on TCU. So I'll go Baylor as well. Yeah. All 
All right, uh, Missouri is taking on Arkansas in Fayetteville, Arkansas at 8.30 p.m. Arkansas is favored 84 to 76, according to Ken Palm. I'm going Missouri. After getting blown out by on the road against Kansas, Missouri has now beaten three straight top 50 teams. The only one that was within single digits was UCF on a buzzer beater, by the way. But besides that, they've beaten them by like 15 plus or whatever it is, uh, 14 plus, so which is crazy. Um, I think they have the better offense in this matchup. I like their grit. They play with the with the chip on their shoulder. I think they'll win this close game, and I think they learn from the mistakes of Kansas on how to beat a good team on the road. And Arkansas is a good team, but I still think they're they're tweaking some things. The fact that Nick Smith isn't their major go-to guy, major contributor, whatever whatever the highest level is on Ken Palm for uh, production, it's kind of weird. And the fact that Jordan Walsh is so low on that, uh, basically just like nearly invisible, I think is what he's listed on, on Ken Palm. Kind of weird. So give me the Tigers in this one. Yeah, I think all of that makes sense. I think two things that are big here. Um, Mizzou is the number one team in terms of forcing steals, but Arkansas is number eight on, or on defense at forcing steals. So, and Mizzou turns the ball over via steal way more than Arkansas does. So I think that comes out um, like to their advantage. Plus, Mizzou is 316th in terms of average height, and Arkansas is eighth. Uh, so they definitely have the size advantage as well. So I like both of those things to, um, to kind of offset a team that is heavily reliant on getting to the basket as their means of scoring from a Mizzou side. Gotcha. All right. Um, Thursday the 5th. Um, here we go. Thursday the 5th. Purdue's taking on Ohio State in Columbus, Ohio. Ohio State's supposed to win 72-70, to 70, the 7 p.m. game. I'm going Purdue. Coming off a tough loss to Rutgers, they bounce back here, and Zach Eady is going to feast in this game. What do you think? So I do think Zach Eady is going to feast. I don't think he's the best player because Bryce Sensabaugh exists, and Bryce Sensabaugh has been absolutely incredible. Um so let's go Ohio State. They have the second best offense in Kempom right now, uh, which is crazy, yeah. especially considering that Purdue's big calling card is their offense, but it's not even the best offense in this game. Well, if, we're, if we're being honest, both of these teams should have lost to Rutgers. One actually did lose to Rutgers. The other one got robbed or robbed the other Rutgers of a win. But yeah, uh, that was Rutgers is a good team overall, turns out. Um, but, yeah, so I'm, I'm still going Purdue here. But, yeah, so you're going to Ohio State. Is that what you're saying? All right, cool. Um, Indiana is taking on Iowa in Iowa City. Indiana supposed to win 77 to 76. It's the 9 p.m. game. Who do you have? Um, all right. Actually, who do you have in this one? I'm going Iowa. I think they need a bounce back win after losing three straight. I think they have the better offense. We've seen Indiana offense struggle on the road, and Chris Murray MVP right here. So yeah, the the road thing kind of does worry me. I think this is pretty much a toss up. So since you're going Iowa, I'll go Indiana. You're a Hoosier, I guess. Bring <laughs> all of the fandoms that we have. Yeah, San M, not Kentucky. <laughs> All right, Saturday the 7th, Kansas taking on West Virginia in good old Morgantown, West Virginia at 6 p.m. Kansas supposed to win 72-71. Who do you have? Let's go Let's go West Virginia here. Um, Kansas will be coming off a big win against TCU, or Texas Tech, if I'm correct. Um, and, yeah, West Virginia has been, like, if we were doing the, like, teams that we were too low on, West Virginia might go back-to-back in terms of, that because they've been super, super uh, impressive. Yeah. Now I, I have Kansas here, but I do, I do agree to that point. West Virginia is way better than we gave them credit for to start the season or preseason. Excuse me. And um, the only reason I have Kansas because they won't lose twice in a week, and I have them lo- when uh, losing to Texas Tech. So it is what it is. Jalen Wilson's going to have a monster game regardless, win or loss. I think he's going to have a big sure. game here. So. Uh, yeah, give me give me the Jayhawks here. 
Arkansas is taking on Auburn at 8.30 p.m. in Auburn. This is a 69-68 to victory for Auburn, according to Ken Palm. So, yeah, nice. And I'm going Arkansas. I think they'll be pissed after a close loss to Missouri. I think Arkansas is a much more efficient offense. Obviously, they have more talent, and they need this win after dropping one to Missouri. So give me the hogs here. Despite picking Arkansas against Mizzou, I think I'm going to pick Arkansas here as well. Um, despite it being a, an away game, I just think they're a better team overall. Yeah. All right, 1 p.m. in Tuscaloosa. Kentucky's taking on Alabama. Ken Palm saying Bama 77-72. What do you think? Um, home game for Bama. Kentucky struggled on the road. Let's go, Bama. So I'm going Kentucky here. Alabama wants to play fast. That's perfect for Kentucky and what they want to do because they struggle in the half-court offense. Bama turns the ball over a lot, create easy transition scoring opportunities for Kentucky, and that's a Kentucky team that needs them desperately. Um, Alabama doesn't force a lot of turnovers either, so if they do try to slow things down, Kentucky will have a better opportunity to score in a slower-paced offense than they normally do because Bama doesn't force turnovers. So, uh, it just seems like it's going in Kentucky's favor here as far as the, the, the metrics here. So I, I like that for them. Please be correct. <laughs> yes. They, and also they need a win against the top 50 team. Like they, they need a win, absolutely need a win against a quadrant one team. This is where they can get it. Um, Michigan's taking on Michigan State in East Lansing at 2.30 p.m. on Saturday. Michigan State's supposed to win 71-68. I'm going Michigan State. It's a home game. They're the more disciplined team. And uh, Hauser Masterclass and shooting performance here incoming. So what do you think? What a strange, like, game in terms of looking at how, how to, like, diagnose this for what it does to Kentucky's resume because either you get a – Michigan gets a win and it's the team that you beat has a better win or – Michigan State's loss looks worse or looks better because they clearly are like going to move up from this, but then it kind yeah. of hurts one of your only major wins. Um, home game, let's go Michigan State. All right. Uh, Creighton's taking on UConn or Connecticut in UConn at 12 p.m., UConn's supposed to win 76-65. I'm going with the Huskies. I think Creighton could pull off an upset here, but I picked UConn to lose earlier in this week, so I don't think I think they're too good to lose twice in a row. So give me the Huskies. <laughs> you mean what I said about Creighton and then being too good to lose six in a row and then they did it? Yeah. Um, but Creighton never got to number one in the nation, so. That's fair. <laughs> I, against my better judgment, I'm going to go Creighton here just because you went UConn and because, I don't know. <laughs> just for S&Gs. Um, exactly. Yeah. All right. Sunday, the 8th, Ohio State's taking on Maryland in College Park. Ohio State's at 1 p.m. Ohio State's supposed to win 72 to 71, according to Ken Palm. Um, what do you have? I have a stubbed toe right now because I just kicked this desk. Um, I have, I'll go Ohio State here. Again, Bryson's ball is really good. Uh, Maryland, I feel like the people kind of figured them out a little bit. Um, yeah. And they're, I mean, not reeling. That makes it seem more panicky than it should. But yeah. I'll go Ohio State. No, I have Ohio State too. I think they have the better offense. I think they bounce back after uh, losing at home to Purdue, which I predicted tonight. So give me Ohio State. Um, and then Purdue versus Penn State at 6 p.m. in Philadelphia. This is a semi-home game for Penn State. So Ken Palm saying 70-65 to 65 Purdue victory. I'm going Penn State. They're one of the best three-point shooting teams in the nation. It's going to be a fun environment with a semi-home game. And then it's going to be high-scoring and fun. So, like, it doesn't matter who wins, in my opinion. But um, it's still going to be the Nittany Lions. Let me check one thing real quick. Um... Penn State. They're all right, their main shooters are guards and wings. They don't really have a big man that stretches the floor at all, which makes me think that Zach Yee is gonna be much more efficient and effective on defense in this game. So I will go Purdue. Fair enough. But you don't need to be efficient and effective on defense when the guards are stroking it from three, so we'll That's see. Fair. <laughs> 
All right, let's move on then. All right, it's time for the last call. Dow, what are you what are you parting with us today? Um, hmm. I don't know. I'll use this time actually for shout outs. Um, there are a couple of accounts that I've found kind of over the past little bit. I know I mentioned Sam Vecini's podcast a lot, but he has started to have Adam Spinella on who runs an account and a podcast called the box and one. Uh, they do a lot of cool scouting. Uh, they have a couple things that they do on. So there's Ken Palm that has a great website, but again, like we talked about last time, kind of pulls in some uh, historical data. There's Torvik that is all this year. It also has really cool like, player pages that are like searchable and you can kind of throw some filters on to to find guys that kind of fit the same mold or at least have the same uh, like stats. And he has been doing some cool like Tarvik Tuesdays where he pulls specific uh, like thresholds or shooting percentage and that kind of thing. And um, so just a cool, cool follow there. Um, their podcast is also great as always. Uh, but he's become one of the like go to. He has a bunch of like scouting stuff and that kind of thing uh, on his YouTube channel as well that he does kind of independent of the, the athletic pod. So uh, I'll use my last call shot, Spinella. Nice. Um, I'm going to use mine to say that if you watch, even though it's a basketball podcast, we're going to talk about football for a second. The college football playoffs expanding to 12 teams is a good thing because of what we just saw in the past, this past weekend, because those are incredibly fun games and you could have more of those. So why would you not want more of those? And, uh, and also don't blame kids for sitting out in bowl games because they want to have, you know, a successful NFL career. Uh, so don't, don't be those people um, and say like, Oh, they, they turned their back on their team and stuff because they, they were playing, most of them were playing injured. Um, and also like, it's just stupid to, you know, blame kids for sitting out in a meaningless game because it's absolutely meaningless and it doesn't matter. So, um, especially when we have Kentucky even have an offensive coordinator and they're like, Will Levis turn his back on his team. It's like, bro, like even if he was in there, we wouldn't have won that game just because there's nobody to call the place. So um, I don't know what you're talking about. We did win that game. Our quarterback had two touchdown passes and Iowa's only had one. So yeah, I mean, it was a win. <laughs> our, our quarterback. But yeah, well, um, he, he was technically the person that was receiving the snap, which makes him the quarterback. Yeah, yeah. So, and only in the most literal sense of the word, though. After that, it was Bowden is NFL quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, but yeah, no, I I just think it's it's stupid to blame kids for sitting out of bowl games, it is. and also like, uh, there's too many bowl games at this point. Now that the, I vehemently disagree on that. I, Give us I, all the bowl games. They're awesome. They're so fun. I don't think they're that fun when the best talent's sitting out. That's my thing. It's like, if we're going to do them, make them meaningful, I don't know. Like, that's why, like, expansion's good because then we can just convert those 12. Well, technically, more games can just be bowl games. So, like, let's say Kentucky makes it the 12th spot and they have to win, like, four straight football games. They could be the, the Music City Bowl, Belk Bowl, Citrus Bowl, and then National Football Play Championship Bowl, or whatever. You know what I mean? Like they can convert all these games instead of giving them to more teams. Just make it to the teams that are in the playoffs. You know what I mean? Mm, yes, but I disagree. Also, this is Duke's Mayo Bowl erasure, and I will not stand for it. <laughs> now, um, I it, it's I think it's fun. It also is one of the things that I think would be a downside of. Getting rid of bowls, especially bowls for those like teams that are six and six, is it's such a valuable program building it like, is, tool. Yeah. And if we start, granted, parity has been has never been higher. Pretty much, there's obviously the couple of teams that are like super up there. But for, I think it getting getting rid of bowl games would just further kind of separate the haves from the have-nots in a yeah. sport that is already going that way. So it doesn't need to like push be pushed that way anymore but no I, I agree with that and then also thinking about like 
like what they get to do like for the activities for the bowl games pretty cool for the athletes especially like when they get to go to like best buy for the shopping sprees and yeah. stuff like that stuff's cool um but you could already just do that for the teams in general you could <laughs> you know so uh, but like anyways just i i don't know i just if we're gonna make if we're gonna make them play games like we don't make them play games but like we should incentivize them playing games and i get understand sitting out for nfl talent but some of these kids are not getting drafted and they're sitting out because they think they're gonna make the draft so, really like, what has that happened I mean, I think I think it can happen. I think you think it some, can. yeah. I think it can happen. Like, I'm not sure if Chris Rodriguez is getting drafted. You know what I mean? Like, which is unfortunate, but you know, like it it could happen. It couldn't happen. I wouldn't be surprised either way. You know? Um, yeah, but that, that's fair. Him doing it was a little was a little strange. Yeah, like especially considering like he came back for his senior year. Like, might as well go out with a bang. But it, all regardless, like. It's just going to be let's make them meaningful so that way we incentivize the kids playing in them. Um, so that way they are more fun games. So if we're gonna if we're gonna have games, let's make them as most fun as possible. I um, think the chaos games are really fun. So. <laughs> I don't know that Iowa State or Iowa versus Kentucky game okay. boring <laughs> as heck. <laughs> like, that, that one, that one outside of that one, unless you're like a sicko that just loves dumb defensive games. Uh, oh, so boring. Fun. But for the most part. The chaos games are fun. I was gonna like watch both that and the Kentucky Louisville game, and I just end up watching all the Kentucky Louisville games and turning that on in the background and doing other stuff in the background. And you, mean you weren't up- watching Wake Virginia Tech. No, I wasn't watching it. Sorry, uh, you should have been. Yeah. Oh, oh well. Um, it was actually a really good game. Terry Appleby had like twenty-seven and nine. Also, so. like, why are we putting the freaking big rivalry games like Kentucky and Louisville at the same time as you know there's bowl games going on? Like, I hate that. Like, just super dumb. It's so dumb. But anyways, that's that's a thought for another time. It's time to go. Sure. So this has been Beers and Buckets. So make sure you follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Beers and Buckets Pod. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Channel, excuse me. Um, leave like rate leave a review share this episode and then check out the basketball podcast for network for more on twitter for more shows like this one and this has been the bottom line because connor said so you guys have a fantastic week we'll catch you next week i promise we'll actually be back next week recording the episode <gasps> take care execute order 66 <laughs> we are nerds <laughs> <laughs>